hey, Mama, have you heard all those stories of beautiful and miraculous pregnancies? And that is just not your experience. Maybe you have depression or fatigue, morning sickness. Are you worried all the time? I have a five-minute quiz that will help you relieve the sucky parts of pregnancy. If you'd like to take it right now, head over to the description of this episode and find your happy pregnancy place. Because what if pregnancy doesn't have to suck? Welcome to the Calmer Mom Podcast, where we go from conception through pregnancy, birth, and beyond to help you be the mom your kids are actually asking for. Pregnancy, birth, and motherhood aren't easy, but they don't have to be so hard. You're not alone in this journey. I'm Michelle Noble, creator of the Calmer Mom Project. Mama, I've been there, and I've got your back. So let's begin. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Calmer Mom podcast. I'm Michelle Noble, and I am your host, the Calmer Mom Coach. And today I am so honored to have with me one of my best, 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 best buddies, a person, a woman, a person who I know has my back no matter what. And I would hope for everyone that they have someone in their life who has their back to the degree that this person has mine. And her name is Lisa. And I'm so grateful that she's been willing to join me today because we have the most fun having conversations around how to create greater in our lives, how to let go of judging ourselves or being mean to ourselves or kind of getting stuck in the muck of what um, what maybe we've been told life is supposed to be like as a mom, as a person, as a woman, as a being, and what we actually know is possible. So hi, Lisa. Thank you for being here. Hi, Rochelle. I'm so happy to be able to do this with you. Yay. Yay. And I feel myself like wanting to tell the little story of how we met. Then you can jump in. On my daughter's first day of kindergarten, first day that she was going to ride the bus, I took her up to the bus stop, which is very close to where I live. And Lisa was there with her daughter, who is a year older than Rosemary is. And right off the bat, the girls just clicked with each other. They just clicked, you know. And one of the things that I always think is so funny about this is that from where they live, there's probably about three different bus stops that are equal distance that they could have chosen from and that they chose the one where they ended up meeting us. And so, you know, Lisa and I would do the mom chat while we're waiting for the bus to come. And then, you know, in the in the even, afternoon or whatever, when we'd go, we'd chat. And it just started to kind of unfold over those first, I would say, like what, our first few weeks that we had these like kind of unexpected commonalities. And then as I talk in all my shows, I'm a access consciousness bars facilitator. So I, at that time, was very actually quite new to access consciousness. I'd only been playing with it for about a year and a half. And I was looking for somebody who I could get together with on a regular basis to do what we call running bars. It's actually a hands-on body process that we do in access that helps to make everything in life easier. And I was looking for a buddy. So at some point I said to Lisa, hey, would you be interested in learning how to do this so that we could trade with each other? And she said, yes. And I can think of very few things over the last, now that's been eight years, that has have contributed to my life as much as meeting with Lisa on an almost weekly basis for all those years with very few small gaps in between, trading bars with each other, 
supporting each other, facilitating each other to get to just create what we know we can and to have each other's backs. So that's my kind of take on the story. I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that, Lisa? Yes. When I first met you, we're at the bus stop and doing the mom chat. And I was like, God, this woman is like so real. Like I have to be friends with her because she's just like, like there's something about her that is, is amazing. And it's just, it's like an invitation for you to be really real. And I just like enjoyed being around you. So I was like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we can, you know, have coffee and chat and, and I'm sure I'll, yeah, I'll be there. And it has been such a, a contribution and just opened up worlds and spaces that I didn't even know existed. My daughter is now in high school and Elle's daughter is going to be joining her in high school. So I don't go to the bus this year. And I've been like, oh man, I really missed going to the, I might just show up at the bus anyway. <laughs> you can. <laughs> Um, cool so the other day when we were talking about you joining me on the show I asked you with your awareness now that it's been years that you've been playing with the tools of access consciousness if you thought back on when you were pregnant with your daughter and then that first year after she was born if you thought back knowing what you know now about access and what that can contribute Kind of like, what do you know would be different? And even just talking about your experience. Well, I had kind of an interesting birth story. I didn't know I wanted to be a mom for a long time. In my 20s and 30s, I owned a bar and that's like as far from the mom scene as, well, I, well, I don't know. I mean, at that time, I didn't, I didn't really want to be a mom. But after that part of my life was over, I met my husband. We were both in our late 30s. And I was like, God, I want to be I want to be a mom. But we both kind of thought we might be too late to the party. But we weren't. And I got pregnant. And I was so happy. And I really wanted to be a mom. So I had her like just under I was 39 when I had her. But in my mind, I was still, you know, still in my probably late 20s. Throughout your pregnancy, despite your chronological age, you didn't have the point of view that you were old or that this meant that you had extra challenges or fears or things to worry about. I just had this sense that you were never looking at the ditch of that or buying that that was like, it was like that wasn't even in your world. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. And it wasn't until, you know, until I started progressing in the pregnancy and had, you know, that wasn't until like the doctors and the midwives and everybody else sort of told me how I was supposed to be pregnant. I was just so happy to be able to have a have a baby. That's one of the things that I think it's one of the tools that we actually I use with clients and can be really powerful is that anytime that we have tapped into what other people tell us our experience is supposed to be like, and like all the kind of the stories around that, it actually gets in our way of what we know can be true. One of the ways that we talk about that in Access is it's, they talk about destroying and uncreating those points of view. And I'll put in the show notes, there's something we call the clearing statement that's a really great way to do that. But there's a lot of different tools people can use for letting go of or becoming aware that, that something that someone else is telling you isn't necessarily your truth. 
so like from a practical point of view, you know, if you, for someone who is actually pregnant right now, and you might be getting these stories, like you actually came into this. I heard a story the other, the other day I was reading some posts and things. And this woman talked about how she had gone into her doctor's office and the doctor was very congratulatory and upbeat about, oh, great, you're pregnant. Yay. This is great news. Opened up her chart, saw her age. And immediately the doctor's entire aspect changed and then told whole like kind of energy of the exchange shifted now that the doctor saw the information that she was whatever she was over 35 or, you know, whatever age they see that. So the clearing statement, you would be like, okay, all of the places that you've bought someone else's story about what's possible for you and your body, would you please destroy and uncreate that. So that energy of destroying and uncreating something is going back to before it actually even got its its claws into you, before it even implanted itself into your reality, that this was something that was relevant for you. So you destroy and uncreate it. And then the clearing statement are these words that don't sound like they mean anything, but they stand for different energies. And again, we'll put the the clearingstatement.com if you're a person who wants to learn all about it, but you don't have to, you can still receive from it and use it to your advantage. So it'd be like everywhere that you've bought that someone else's story about you and your body and what's possible for you is even relevant. Would you destroy and uncreate that? Right, wrong, good and bad, pod and pop, all nine shorts, boys, povids and beyonds. Because I know very much in my experience of pregnancy, I had been the birth partner for my sister several years before that. And she had had induced labor, prolonged time in the hospital, finally ended up having a C-section that sort of the, her experience of that and the way I have this, this connection with her that she and I are a lot alike. So I had witnessed her birth process, which actually it turns out, I didn't realize this until a bit later, but it was very similar to my mother's birth process with my older brother, where she'd gone in. I can't remember if she was induced. I think she might have been. And the labor didn't progress. And then she ended up having a, a C-section. And so this was a storyline in my mind about how pregnancy and birth were likely to go. And not only had I heard it, but I'd witnessed it. Then when I became pregnant, there's this kind of shadow back there and it functioned as something I was resisting. So for me, I wasn't like, oh, that's probably what's going to happen to me. Like that wasn't what I was thinking cognitively, but more it was like that sure as hell isn't going to happen to me. And so then I'm building my whole pregnancy around avoiding that outcome and being on guard for it. There's this thing that happens energetically where if you're trying to avoid something, if you have in your mind that whatever happens, that's not going to be what's going to happen to you, you're actually creating a tractor beam for it. It's like looking at the ditch. I remember when I took a motorcycle riding course, one of the things they taught us is where your eyes go is where the motorcycle will go. So if you're driving, you know, riding down the the street on your motorcycle, and it's true if you're on a skateboard or a bicycle or roller skates or anything else, you're going down the street at speed and you look at a pothole, you're going right for that pothole. So when I was functioning from this place of like, whatever happens, I'm not having a C-section, damn it. I'm not going to have this happen to me, blah, 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 blah. I was looking right at, I was focusing all my energetic attention right on that pothole. And what ended up happening was I didn't end up with a C-section but every other single intervention short of that was what I experienced. <laughs> it's one of the things that I work with my clients a lot around. We do a lot about like letting go of that. You can have an experience that's entirely different than your family or your friends or what you read on the internet. And I really appreciated when you were talking about your perception of what your pregnancy could be was not at the effect of what you were told it should be for and or even the process of getting pregnant for your age. 
And that also maybe it did start to percolate into your world at some level when it's coming from the providers, but it doesn't sound like it was a dominant energy for you. No. And, and it's funny because like my, my daughter is a person who doesn't really get defined by other people's definitions. <laughs> Perhaps she wasn't interested in having the pregnancy and birth that someone else told her she was supposed to have. <laughs> I don't think so. No, it's all, yeah, it's all on her own terms. So tell me a little bit about your birth story. She was two weeks late. We went to go get the pregnancy induced. And it was a very, very long, long labor. And at the end of the labor, my husband like made sure that the doctor came in just to make sure everything was, was okay, just because the labor was, was just so long and, and difficult. And then what the midwife thought was an ear was actually cord. So my daughter's cord had prolapsed. Then it was just like all hands on deck, emergency, emergency, we got to get you in for a C-section. And it, it was just a whirlwind of rush, panic, anxiety, got in, had the C-section. My daughter was fine. She cried. She pooped. She, it was, it was all good. And she was just like, I'm here. I'm ready. Guys all, I'm ready to party. So I had an emergency C-section and it all turned out fine. When you were looking back on that over the weeks or months or even years after that, did you ever find yourself second guessing any part of the process or anything about that? Or was that not your experience that you were like, okay, this is what needed to happen and it unfolded as it should have? You know, I felt like a really strange sense of peace with the whole thing. Like, oh, you know, everything was fine. Everything turned out beautifully. It was actually a miracle. My husband uh, actually got to spend the first couple hours with my daughter just holding her and while I was knocked out. And so like he, he was just like, that was a miracle for him. Yeah. You'd think, oh, like, oh, that's, that's very traumatic, but it actually was a miracle and it kind of, um, yeah, it was great. It was fine. That's cool. It points out to me a contrast between the, the point of view that I had in when I went into the hospital, I had planned a home birth. I was also two weeks past um, or almost two weeks past the the scheduled due date and had planned a home birth. And then that's not what the midwives recommended that we go into the hospital, basically told us we needed to go into the hospital. And I had so much resistance around that that I actually, and like when I'm listening to you talk about this, Lisa, there's this energy of like receiving from it and having a point of view that it is a miracle and that it is miraculous, even though it did not show up in the way that you had planned for it to show up. Yeah. And I recognize that for myself at that time, I was so attached to what I had planned and my points of view around being in the hospital in the first place, not wanting to have any interventions, resistance to every every suggestion that came along, every recommendation they had that I would label an intervention, my hackles came up, my tension came up. And so there's so much resistance in my world around it. That resistance really made it impossible for me to receive the care that was being offered me it definitely slowed, I'm sure it slowed down the birth process because, you know, there was not a relaxed sphincter in my entire body. Like every yeah, single yeah. 
muscle in my body was doing the opposite of what was required for this baby to actually pass in, a, in an ease, the most easeful way out of my body. And I was not looking for miracles. So even that is a, is a small, like the very simple thing is like, if you imagine a light switch and like, say the down position is looking for problems or looking at what's going wrong. And that up position is miracles. I wonder if a person, if a mama, if she's going through her pregnancy or even going into the birth process, had this over and over the practice of, okay, where could I look for miracles and flip yeah. that switch into miracle mode? What that would create, how much more space and relaxation and possibility for something to show up, even if it's not according to plan, it could maybe be even more miraculous than planned, as you were talking about, that that your husband had that that opportunity to really be with her and bond with her in that first bit of time that so was so extraordinary for their relationship as a yeah. starting place. So thank you for sharing that. So tell me a little bit about this dynamic beyond definition little being now that's shown up in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> she came to shake things up a little bit. The first year I just remember being so grateful to have a baby and be a mom. And I remember like the thing that I remember most about that first year was a rocking chair that was pretty much parked in the living room. And I just remember just like being with her and rocking and rocking, just being so grateful and like appreciating the miracle that was actually her. But I did have like, you know, my, my milk didn't come in and I had a lot of, oh God, am I, you know, is this going to be okay? And when I wasn't like worried about, is this going to be okay? It all was okay. And it continues to be okay. That's really gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And what you, what you just said there, you know, if, when you weren't worried about whether it would be okay, it, it was okay. And it continues to be okay. That's amazing. Well... Thank you, Lisa. I feel like we'll have more conversations, but there's something about that that feels kind of peaceful and complete. If I was going to kind of like recap for our conversation, what would it take, you know, mamas out there, what would it take for you to look for those miracles? And just basically like anywhere that you might be wearing the, the goggles of problem, the goggles of worry, what if you just, you know, started to ask, where are the miracles? What are those miracles? What are the miracles? What if I put on my miracle goggles? Imagine in your mind that you're wearing a set of sunglasses that are your problem, your problem, your anxiety, your worry goggles. Imagine lifting those off your face, throwing them off to the side and putting on your miracle goggles and really perceiving the world through that view. So mamas, those are some tools for you to play with. You can learn more about the clearing statement that I talked about earlier on at theclearingstatement.com. You can just use that by going like, whatever this is, whatever this sticky, heavy, muddy thing is, or whatever this thing I've decided is true, everywhere you're going to doubt that you can really have something extraordinary beyond what other people have around pregnancy and birth. And you just go like, okay, everything that is, destroy and uncreate it, pod poc. It's that simple. Just do the pod pod part. And I would encourage you if this is exciting or interesting to you. This is the primary tool that Lisa and I use like crazy when we get together. Like if anybody just had like was eavesdropping, 
they would think we were so insane. I'm sure our husbands <laughs> think we're insane. I'm sure our kids kind of think we're insane. And then that just start playing with that, looking for miracles. And you can't get it wrong. It's not about beating yourself up when you go into problem mode or you're looking, you know, kind of looking at that ditch. Or, or when you try on somebody else's sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, I love that, right? Like, oh, now I have to see myself as an old lady and I barely deserve to have this pregnancy. <laughs> That's rude. Grabbing other people's sunglasses. <laughs> They're not yours. Don't worry. And you can just, you don't even have to fight with them about it. Just be like, oh, interesting. This guy's wearing these sunglasses. Um, what an interesting point of view. What an interesting, what an interesting point of view to see the world through the point of view of problem sunglasses. So if you guys want more information on any of these tools, if anything I said was just confusing, but kind of intriguing as well, you can schedule a free chat with me on my website, calmermom.solutions. Check out the show notes. We'll put a couple things in there. And I hope to tune in with you again soon. Thank you again, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Michelle. Hey, Mama. Are you curious about something you heard today? For more resources from this episode, check the Calmer Mom podcast show notes. And if you know that easier pregnancy and birth and joyful, confident motherhood are possible, but everyone is telling you you're crazy to think so, schedule a free chat with me or discover more Calmer Mom resources at calmermom.solutions. You got this, Mama, more than you think you do, and I'm here to help. Thanks for listening.